Welcome back to the Biblical Principles Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. This will be part two of the Judgment Seat of Christ today. So if you haven't listened to part one, there'll be some valuable information in there that you'll need before you go into part two. So I would encourage you to go back and listen to the Judgment Seat of Christ and then to proceed on to the Judgment Seat of Christ part two. But if you can find your place there in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter number 5 in verses 10 and 11. The book of 2 Corinthians chapter number 5 in verses 10 and 11. This is our, this will be our springboard verse that we're going to use to kind of jump into 1 Corinthians chapter 3, where we'll be for the remainder of the podcast. But verse number 10 says, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that every one may receive the things done in his body, according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. Verse number 11. Knowing, therefore, the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. Now, I want to pull that one phrase out of verse number 11 on the terror of the Lord and get you to understand or get us to understand, first off, that as we're dealing with the judgment seat of Christ, we're not dealing with the God of love and compassion and kindness. We're not dealing with the God of grace here. We're not dealing with the God who looks on us in our fallen condition and is very pitiful and tender toward us. No, instead, we're dealing with what the Bible says is the terror of the Lord. Why? Because we are given an account as saved believers as to how we lived on this earth after Jesus Christ saved us. So if you have your Bible, you can flip over to the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter number 3. The book of 1 Corinthians, chapter number 3. And we'll be, we'll be dealing with verses 10 through 15 on today's podcast. But I just want to start out in verse number 10, 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse number 10. The Bible says, according to the grace of God, which is given unto me. Of course, what I'm going to do is I'm going to expound as I go down through the verses. As a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another buildeth thereon. But let every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon. For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. So first off, as we're dealing with the judgment seat of Christ, we're only dealing with people at this judgment who have laid their foundation. What what they have built their faith upon is on Jesus Christ, his shed blood that he shed upon the cross, his finished work of redemption, that he performed when he died upon the cross. That's the foundation that's laid, and that's the only foundation that's going to matter. In that day, uh, after we draw our last breath, it won't be the question as to how much money we had. It will not be the question as to where we lived. It will not be the question as to how many cars we had or how smart our kids were, but it will be the question of whether or not Jesus Christ was the foundation of your faith, whether or not we have ever been born again will be the question that will propel us in the direction of which judgment we will stand at. Of course, if, you'll, if you're saved, you'll stand here at the judgment seat of Christ. Verse number 12, Now if any man build upon this foundation, what foundation? That's Jesus Christ. Gold, silver, precious stone, wood, hay, or stubble. Now these are the types of of works that are being done here. These are the types of building materials that one would use to build 
something that would result in spiritual rewards. You'll notice the category gold. Of course, everybody knows what gold is. Silver. Everybody knows what silver is. These are both precious metals. And then, of course, it says precious stones. Now, that could be anything from a ruby to a diamond to a sapphire. In this text and in this portion of Scripture, he doesn't give us a, dem a demonstration of what the stones are, but he does say that there are precious stones. But then we get into the three what we consider useless items at the judgment seat of Christ. Wood, hay, and stubble. Now, if you don't know what stubble is, stubble is basically after they harvest a cornfield, it's about a 6 to maybe 18-inch piece of the leftover corn stalk that is left after the combine goes through and harvests the corn. Stubble is completely useless. It's, it's, all that stubble does is burn. Verse number 13, every man's work Notice the word work. It doesn't say works. It says work because there's only one kind of work, and that's working for the Lord. Every man's work shall be made manifest. Of course, that word manifest means revealed or brought to life. For the day shall declare it. What day? The judgment, the day of judgment. For the day shall declare it because it shall be revealed by fire. And the fire shall try every man's works of what sort it is. It will try the works based on this. Once the works are brought to life, they're put into one of six categories, gold, silver, precious stone, wood, hay, or stubble. They'll be placed into the fire, and they will be tried. The fire will try them. The only works that will stand the test of fire will be the works that were done for the honor and the glory of God. Those works that the believer did in the honesty and the integrity of his heart to bring honor and glory to God. You will not, you will not receive rewards for the works that you did which were done in the flesh or for your own glory and benefit. These, these works were done for one reason— because the believer loved God and the believer had a desire to bring glory to God's name. Now, as you listen to maybe the previous podcast on crowns, that talks about the five crowns that we will receive. And verse number 14 is going to use the word rewards again. And I do want to kind of play a little bit on verse number 14. So let's go on and read it. If any man's work abide, that means remain, which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. Now, we know from the book of Revelations chapter number four that the believers receive crowns. We also know from the Bible that there's five different crowns you can win. If, you, um, if you're not familiar with that, I released a podcast on crowns just a few days ago, and you can go and listen to that, and that, that's very clear. It's really a very good podcast, uses a lot of scripture on defining those crowns. But I personally believe these crowns in, or these rewards in verse number 14 are crowns too, and they're crowns made of gold, silver, and precious stone. They're unique crowns. They're crowns that the believer receives for the work that he did in Christ which was above and beyond those other five crowns. For instance, 
Let's say you were extremely faithful in raising your children and you raised your children right and you taught them the word of God. You could be you could have a certain amount of gold, silver and precious stones that the Lord, I believe, will fashion into your own crown that you will be able to cast back at his feet that will be unique and different from all the other crowns there. Why? Because it was your crown. Now, Remember, we're dealing with a God who make, who makes everything unique. He makes, there's no snowflake that's exactly alike. There's no pine tree that's exactly alike. So once we get to heaven, there's no doubt in the, in the different variations of things you're going to see. And I believe those variations will be present in these crowns. Another crown you might receive is for maybe you were a good church member. I'm not talking about trusting in the fact that you joined a church to get you to heaven. I'm talking about you trusted Jesus for your salvation, but then you joined a church and you became a good tithing member. You became a good faithful soul winner. You stood behind the preacher. You encouraged younger believers in the Lord. I believe you could receive a crown for that. Why? Because every work is going to be made manifest. Why did you do the work? And you could you could spend the whole day trying to define the different crowns there that you could um that you could fashion as a result of the works of the believer there there's so many if you were faithful to a prison ministry if you were faithful to a nursing home if you ran a bus route if you printed the word of god all of those works that were done by saved believers will merit them a form of reward on the day of judgment as they stand before the Lord. Verse number 15. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss. So there's obviously a suffering of loss that takes place. And if we read the Bible contextually, all the tears are not wiped away until after until after the millennial reign of Christ. And so it's very possible as you go through the thousand-year reign of Christ, after you stand at the judgment seat of Christ, you'll still look back and go, man, I wish I would have done a little more for the Lord. Remember, the Bible uses the word terror of the Lord. When you stand before him on that crystal pavilion that Revelations 4 talks about, he's going to deal with you like a judge would deal with one that stands before him. Now, the thing is, God's already laid out how we're supposed to live in the Bible. So you can expect to receive a full reward. But in order to receive a full reward, you're going to have to do the works of a believer that would manifest that reward in your life. You can't be a hypocrite. You can't be two-faced. You can't be one way here and another way there. No, you've got to be consistent in your love for the Lord and your stand and in running the race that Christ has set before you. If not, those works will be burned up and you will suffer loss. But he himself shall be saved. You're still saved. You're not, you're not going to lose your salvation. Salvation's you're eternally secure in Jesus Christ. Right now, no matter what I do from this point on, I will go to heaven. Why? Because I accepted Christ as my Savior. But depending on how I live after I'm saved will depend on how this day plays out for me. But nothing is going to change the fact that I'm saved. And then the verse closes out, Yet so as 
by fire. And that very simply means because you're at the judgment seat of Christ, you're saved. You receive no rewards. You have no crowns. But you're saved for all of eternity because of what Jesus did in your heart and in your life when he saved you. I want to thank you again for joining us for the Biblical Principles Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, you can forward them over to us at biblicalprinciples at juno.com. That's all lowercase letters, biblicalprinciples at juno.com. And remember, if you have a question for that portion of the podcast we call Sharpening the Sword, you can submit that to us by email at the same email address. Thank you again, and have a wonderful evening.